Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. market update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Here's your U.S. market update. So here's a look at how markets wrapped up overnight. We saw stocks rising as investors pinned their hopes on their U.S. debt ceiling dispute to get resolved sooner rather than later. So that has seen the Dow Jones Industrial Average trading higher by over 400 points or 1.2%. You've got S&P 500 up by 1.2% as well. And the Nasdaq Composite advanced 1.3%. So all three benchmarks bounced back after slight losses yesterday. So let's break it down with Rainer Michael Price. He is the partner and portfolio strategist at Das Family Office, a Singapore registered independent asset management company with global investment expertise. Good morning, Rainer. Good morning. Hey, glad you have on the show. So let's start first with an overview of how things wrapped up. It's been some nervy times for markets, and we've been seeing the S and P five hundred flat over the past month. What do you make of the gains overnight? Is there any strong reason to start turning optimistic right now? Yeah, look, I mean, the market already has turned for rather optimistic. If you think about it, last year was a rather difficult year for all asset classes, especially for equities. And within equities, the tech sector was the most hardest hit. Now the tech sector, the United States equity market is actually outperforming, also led by an outperformance in the indices by the NASDAQ or the S&P. And the market is running at 8.3% year-to-date gains. And I think this is actually potentially now a sign that this potentially could continue and we potentially could see a narrowing of the gap of the Nasdaq outperformance versus the S&P. Yeah, so how optimistic are you when it comes to allocation into the U.S. markets right now? I think the trillion-dollar question, literally trillion-dollar question, is the United States debt ceiling. Mm. And, and the problem for investors is, and for the world for that matter, is that it has become a partisan issue, also an emo- a very emotional issue between the Democratic Party and this Republican Party supporters of how to deal with the debt ceiling. But then as every clear head will tell you it is not anybody's interest for the United States to default. Yeah, I'm seeing headlines right now. Joe Biden promising or confident of reaching a deal right now. So do you expect the same thing to happen again? A last minute resolution of sorts and then markets could perhaps rally? Yeah, that is, in my opinion, a high probability that when we have a debt ceiling uh, agreement that the market could potentially further rally and even get up to the plus 10% year-to-date performance at the S&P. Having said that, I think this might be achieved by a more meaningful sector rotation. Okay, let's talk about a sector rotation. So if you look at what's been playing out in the past few months, we've got headlines around earnings and in the tech sector in particular, it's been layoffs, a lot of pain in that sector. How do you feel about technology right now? Hey, look, at technology, I think the increasingly the analyst community and also investors will focus on that real question, where is margin, where is margin growth going to come from, right? Earnings growth and then margin, sustainability and margin growth in the U.S. And a lot of that is actually driven by so-called AI, artificial intelligence. So companies that can use AI more effectively potentially can achieve higher margins in the stock market. And the analyst community is focusing on what companies and what sectors might be most well-positioned to actually benefit from AI. Hmm. If I look at the S&P 500 technology sector, that's up 28%. There's been some criticism that a lot of it is concentrated into some of the bigger fang names. Is there enough momentum, you think, across the broader technology sector to get invested in it right now? Not yet, really. And that's why I'm of the view that this rotation out of, uh, out of a lot of the other industry sectors into tech most probably is, has run its course. Ah. That's my view. So if you think about it, the 
financial sector and the energy sector are the two worst performing sectors for the year. Yeah, I'm looking at financials. It's down 8.6% year-to-date. And, of course, recently you've got headlines around the banking sector turmoil. What do you take away from what's been happening there? Is there more to come on that front? No, I think a lot has to do with, again, the Fed policy and this belief or the question of rather whether the Federal Reserve could overhike and hence basically create more of an economic uh, downturn. Okay, and looking at the other equation or other part of the equation, you've got the energy sector also in the mix, and I'm looking at it down 7.6% year to date. How are you feeling about energy, especially with the China reopening story? That could help to some extent the commodity space. That's correct, yes. And I think also it's important since you've called the show market wrap, right? I think it's important to realize that last night, the market actually tried to hit the $70 on oil support levels. I think that's important for oil companies as well. So the whole energy sector might get a lift if, if the $70 oil potentially could hold. But don't forget, as an investor, not as a trader, but as an investor, the U.S. financial and the U.S. energy sector are the two sectors that actually have very attractive dividend yields. And I think that is very important, especially when it comes to Fed policy. And this is really also overnight, there was a little bit of talk again that the Fed might turn more hawkish, leading to a stronger dollar. But I think the more important question is, can the Fed potentially be well and done? So can they basically show us a a Fed pivot? And in the Fed pivot, I think the sector of technology and energy can start to outperform. All right, keeping an eye on the $70 level for oil. Uh, That's a key one for us to watch out for in the commodities front. So if you look at what's been playing out, you've got a lot of talk about a recession. Markets seem to be pricing that in, uh, but you've got Fetcher Jerome Powell saying that's not a base case scenario. What do you think about what's coming up? Do you expect a slowdown and how big of a slowdown are you looking at, at least in the US economy? I think the slowdown is only partially there. And that's why I think the consensus view on Wall Street currently is still rather bearish. And this is, again, where we, I in particular, feel that we are out of consensus. But our base case scenario is no recession, no rate cuts. No recession and no rate cuts. So that is uh, something I am hearing otherwise from some corners of the market. Some of them are pricing in some rate cuts in the second half of the year. So we'll see how that plays out. We are in conversation with Rainer Michael Price. He's a partner in portfolio strategist at Das Family Office. Now, let's talk about some of the risks that you're keeping an eye on, on how the rest of the year could play out. What's at the top of your list right now, Rainer? I think the biggest risk is, in my opinion, what's often called known as human error, right? And that potentially would be a misunderstanding on the debt ceiling between the Republicans and, and the Democrats, because that would really be a terrible outcome for the market if the United States would default on its debt. What? That, I think, is, as I said before, it's a partisan issue that potentially is becoming too much of an emotional and philosophical debate. And hopefully avoidance of a debt default can be achieved. And that would be also, of course, market positive. How much will that spill over into this part of the world in Asia when you have a potential default in the US? How much of an impact could we see on markets here? I personally think it would be massive. All right. So looking at opportunities across the region, just to wrap things up, Rainer, what are you looking out for when it comes to investing beyond the US markets, which you're overweight on right now? Yeah, I think the important point is that Japan, after many years of being out of favor, is now coming back into favor. And Japan is actually outperforming the U.S. equity market. I think that's very significant. What's driving Japan's growth right now? I think number one is geopolitics, but also technically the second point is that after so many what they call lost decades, Japan is actually potentially now in a good position for this new change world order that we're in. 
All right, Japan and U.S. are some of the markets that Rainer Michael Price is keeping his eye on. He is a partner and portfolio strategist at Das Family Office. Rainer, thank you so much for your time today. Most welcome. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.